Hello and welcome to Ferris Forward. I'm your host, Dave Eisler. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Mike Hughes, who's retiring shortly uh, as the Associate Vice President, uh, Director of our Physical Plant. And I know that Mike has done this position for nearly 20 years, and I think he's approaching 34 years as a Ferris employee. Thanks for joining us today, Mike. Thanks for having me. And 34 years. Uh, what was it like when you when you came to came to Ferris? What what year was that that you began? So I came to Ferris in 1987, and, and very uh, Big Rapids was very different then. The 131 Highway just barely made it to the exit on Perry Street where it is today. Before that, you had to get off in Stanwood and come up Old 131. Wow! And what was your first position here at Ferris? When I hired in, I was uh, supervising the carpentry and locksmith departments and, and managing small projects. Ah. And so what were, one of the things I find when people are retiring from Ferris is there's always this Ferris journey for the positions they've worked. So what has been your Ferris journey? So I uh, started out in the position I just mentioned, and then uh, that was my, my background was construction. I graduated from Ferris with a construction management degree. I was in the first class to graduate from that program. Wow. Uh, and, and obviously had an interest in that. So they started pushing more and more project management to me. We didn't have a project management department back in those days. Um, so I did that for a number of years, about 10 years. And then I've got promoted. They created a position called assistant director, which was really a a project manager type position. We had a couple of university architects at the time that uh, they assigned to work under me and then eventually environmental health and safety. And uh, then as people retired over the years, I, I kind of got asked to move offices more than applied for jobs. I became the director and then the, the interim associate vice president and then ultimately was, was honored to be selected as the associate vice president. And so who, what, which vice president chose you? Uh, Rick Duffett was the vice president that, uh, that gave me that opportunity. Well, we have lots of happy memories of Rick. Uh, it's always fun to watch a hockey game with Rick, to watch how much he suffers as he's watching hockey. Because for those of our listeners who don't know, Rick was uh, an All-American goalie at Michigan State, and he's, he was the first hockey coach at Paris also. So back in 1987, what were the, what's the first projects you remember that were happening at the university at that time? So the, the heavy equipment building, the current building, was just being finished. That was the first capital outlay project the university had received in about 25 or 30 years. Uh, they, they were located in the building my office is in now, the general services building, and we're just mm -hmm. in the process of moving into the new building. Wow. Um, the, the university, we were college then. So one of the first projects I did was change all the signage outside to university. Mm -hmm. uh, shortly after I got here. And that, that would have been, I think, maybe when, when Bill was the, Bill Wenrick was the, was the president? Was that, was that the time? Bill Wenrick was the president. His office was up on the third floor of the Star Building. Mm -hmm. uh, there's been, been a lot of places where the president's office has been over these years, too. I still get mail that's addressed to Bishop Hall, which that, that's probably 20 years old, that address now. I remember that. So... When you think back uh, on the projects that you've done at Ferris, which, which ones have special memories for you, either because they were very difficult to do or because 
the, they made a huge difference in the university. What, what comes to mind to you? Thought about that question. It's kind of asking a parent who's their favorite child. You know, mm -hmm. they're all special. But um, you know, I can remember over the years, uh, the College of Arts and Science renovation in addition was the first large-scale project that I was assigned to manage. Um, but in terms of projects that made a significant difference on campus, I, I think of the flight building. Uh, I think of the Timmy Center for Student Services, both from uh, the magnitude of the renovation and the difference that made, but the idea of consolidating services for students into one place. Um, up until we did the university center, I would have said that was probably the most significant renovation project we'd ever done on campus. And then yeah, obviously the university center was just a game changer for our campus. Well, thinking back to the flight building and for those folks who, who don't have that picture of our campus in our mind, in their mind up to that point, uh, the road actually came through what is the quad now, and that was a that was a large parking lot. And what was the what was the cost of the flight building when they were working on that? So that was a forty million dollar project. So that has to be one of the largest building projects we've ever had at Ferris, wouldn't you think? It it was from a dollar standpoint, and that's nearly twenty years ago now. And such a distinctive building. Uh, I didn't know this until someone told me the story, but. I'm told that part of that was supposed to be like a flame and there were spotlights and then people complained and talk. Do you remember that part of, part of the building? I, I do. So that was the first time we, the president at the time was, was Bill Cedarberg and he wanted to do a signature landmark building. So we went out and hired some big name architects from New York and they partnered with some friends, Newman Smith from Michigan. And his vision was a cathedral of higher learning. So mm -hmm. then it, tower had some lights in it and that was the idea that was supposed to be kind of a flame coming out of there. Well and I you know I've often I've not heard you tell that story but it's easy to feel the the cathedral piece of this when you get on the third floor the, the quiet area of the library you look up at that ceiling it's clear that that was intended to be a cathedral and I've often wondered if there was kind of a nautical piece to this building too because it kind of feels like when you're on the second floor that you're almost you know on a ship especially with that circular stairway going up so so ken newman from newman smith fame he's since passed away good friend of the university he liked those round windows i called them portholes but if you look at the buildings he was involved with on campus that's kind of a signature piece of architecture for him that was a that was a, a remarkable piece and you think about how vibrant and fresh that building still is today and the way it's used by our students it's pretty incredible. I remember when we opened that building, it had 1,600 wired computer jacks. That, that was we had more than we had on campus at the time, I think. Wow, wow. And taking that parking out of the central center of campus, how did people react to that at the time? Well, as long as I can remember, even back in the days when I was a student, we, parking has always been an issue. I, I tell people parking, building a parking lot big enough is like building a church big enough for Easter or Christmas. You can't do it. So it wasn't very popular, um, but it was the right thing to do. We, we raised the level of that parking lot about five or six feet to create what's now the Robinson Quad. And, uh, and I think one of the things we started doing about that time with our capital projects they used to stop about five feet outside the footprint of the building. And we started expanding the, the circle around the buildings and started knitting our campus together and creating outdoor places and green, play, green space, uh, places for our students to enjoy. 
when you mentioned Ken Newman, it was my, I had the opportunity to also work with Ken Newman. I think the work that, that the university did with Ken Newman in terms of master planning, I think has really transformed the university. You want to talk about how that, how that began? So we were living off a master plan that was dated 1973 up until 2000. And really? That's when we, we kind of started thinking about doing a modern master plan and updating it. And it it kind of spun out of where should we put the new flight building? Mm -hmm. So the preconceived notion was that it was going to displace the football field and go right there. Uh, and then we would build a new football facility. And Ken convinced us to step back. And that's when this signature piece of architecture and cathedral of higher learning came about uh, and, and convinced us to put it in a very prominent spot so you would see it as you was coming down Perry Street uh, to campus and reopen the main entrance. So from that, we, we kind of uh, leveraged that to do a, a first formal, I call it the modern master plan in 2000. And I think we've updated it about six or seven times since then. And we just finished that, but one of the last pieces that you led was the, was the new master plan, which I think is an exciting blueprint for the future. It is, and, and it's very much a roadmap. We've, uh, since we created that first modern plan in 2000, we, we follow it. And we originally had it as a five-year plan and a 10-year plan, and we were clicking the, the projects off so fast, we were updating it every two or three years instead of five or 10. Well, and if you look at pictures of the before with now, you can see how one of the things of that master plan was to bring green spaces to the center of campus and create opportunities for people to gather. Absolutely. You, you mentioned the renovation to, to the Rankin Center, which created the University Center. And you know, it, it seemed to me for a while that we weren't going to save, save any of that building when we were going through it. There's not much of that building other than the, the bare structure that we saved, but what a wonderful facility. Before that project, as you recall, everybody avoided it. You didn't go there unless you just had to go to the bookstore. And if you gave somebody directions, you told them to go out this door and walk around the building and come in a different door. And, and what a successful project now. That is the hub of the campus. And I call it the living room of our campus. People want to be there. And we had to part with a dome room in that process, right? We did. And, and back in the 60s, several universities in Michigan had a dome room and not one of them enjoyed that space. <laughs> so fast forward, are there, are there any of the more recent projects that, that you have some special memories with that you'd like to touch on? So the, the Granger Center is kind of a special place. You know, I got my education in the, the previous version of that building. So so to be involved with some of my former professors and those programs to re-envision a building that you would teach construction and HVACR type programs. And then at the, the very end of that project, we were about two weeks away from substantial completion. The Granger family did a significant donation to the university just to honor that relationship and the number of, of relatives they had that got their education here. And, uh, very reluctantly allowed us to name the building after um, the Grangers. Well, that made that made quite a difference uh, for that part of campus, and was a, was one of another one of those buildings where where you were building and renovating at the same time that people were trying to teach it. Absolutely. 
You know, I think the optometry building, Michigan College of Optometry is another one where we, we dreamt as a campus for 30 years to try and get that project done. And with your leadership, we were finally able to get it funded. And I remember one of the, the first meetings you and I had, you called me up and said, come on, we're going to go visit some other colleges around the country and, and benchmark. And I didn't know what I was getting into because I think we were in four states and visited 14 of 19 colleges in three days. And we learned a lot. Well, and if you recall, one of the things that uh, some of our optometrists wanted is they wanted a circular clinic. Do you remember that conversation? I absolutely do. And I think it was when we were at the University of Houston, they had a circular clinic. And after they were five, there were five minutes, they said, well, we don't want a circular clinic. So it was, it was helpful, but we did, we, we did have a good trip with that. And that building turned out well. Uh, I remember the discussions about where that building was supposed to be sited. Because uh, at one time that was at the end of the, the lake right that's right yeah we, we wound up reinventing that there's some infrastructure and and some other issues got rid of an old building that was an eyesore that needed a lot of money put into it and, um, discovered an old dump site that we had to deal with when we started digging the basement yeah my my recollection was that there was a rock about the size of a volkswagen that you encountered in that project there was, and it was interesting. After we had to deal with it, the archives folks found a picture of that rock going in that hole back in the 1950s. And as we're having this conversation today, Mike, there's there's, there's construction going on, on our campus, and you know we're looking at pulling down the Taggart Residence Hall, and you know Vandercook Hall is 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 beginning to enter the demolition phase. So. Looking forward, you know, what, what, what do you see in the, in the university's future with all this experience that you have uh, in the physical plan and with the facilities? So it's kind of bittersweet. You know, construction has been my passion. That's probably the thing that's kept me here all these, these years. And there's some exciting projects with the Vandercook and Taggart demolition. The Center for Virtual Learning will become a reality on the site of Vandercook Hall. We've got the Center for Athletic Performance is finally going to see um, see that completed. And, and that would be a fun project that we've been envisioning and brainstorming for at least 20 years. Um, you know, the renovation of the alumni building, I think, is going to be phenomenal. The oldest, only historic building we have on campus. Uh, to see that get renewed and have our high-tech uh, information technology group be the primary occupants in there, I, I think Woodbridge would be proud of that project when it's done. And I think you should be proud also because you and I know how many different places we looked to try to put uh, the information technology. We knew the West building was, was, was not a viable option and we've tried lots and lots of options. And, and I think your approach to doing this in the alumni building is, is really a stroke of genius because fixing that older building and finding a space for IT at the same time, that's, that's fabulous. I agree. I think it's going to be a, a good home for them and meet their needs. It'd be the first time that that uh, organization has had intentionally designed space in their history. And as, as I look at that Center for Athletics Performance, you know, what we're building now is a lot different than what the initial drawings looked like. But I think there's just a ton of value that you brought into those plans. And I think that may be one of the most creative renovations of a building that I've seen at Ferris. I agree. And I think some of the things we're able to do with that new design, you know, we're taking a building that was designed back in the early 70s originally, where things like handicap accessibility wasn't really on anybody's radar screen. And, and we're able to 
to make it more welcoming and inviting to both our students and staff and the, and the local community that comes to, to utilize that building and, and come to venues there. Any other reflections uh, on this nearly 34 years at Ferris and uh, your work here, or the accomplishments during this time? Yeah, I think of how the, the project schedules get more aggressive every project. It seems like every time we pull a rabbit out of the hat, that becomes the new norm. <laughs> I think back to when we did the rock project and we, we took that dining primary dining facility offline in April and we had to have it operational again in August. To, there was no plan B or, or the time that we, uh, we had a good run in hockey in 2003 and uh, the, the mechanical equipment failed and we completely dismantled the ice arena and rebuilt it between May and August. Uh, those were fun challenges over the years. Well, and I think when we think about aggressive timelines, we'll probably think about North Hall also, right? Yeah, boy, concept to completion in 17 months. Um, uh, unprecedented. And what and a wonderful facility. And it turned out marvelous. I mean, the other piece is not just that you did it that quickly, it's that it turned out so well. Yeah, I agree. You know, we had some great business partners that came alongside of us on that and found a new way to make it happen. And um, uh, yeah, what a, what a wonderful place for our, uh, our freshman students to live. Well, Mike, when I think about you and I think about your accomplishments and your contributions to this campus, there's so many pieces of, of what is Ferris today that you've touched it. It's really a, a remarkable legacy that you've built here. I appreciate you saying that. It's, it's been a fun ride. I, I came to Ferris as a, as a non-traditional, underprepared student. And um, you know, I'm, I'm pretty proud of being part of that opportunity mission that we've, we've uh, lived all these years. And it's given me a wonderful place to, to have a career and raise a family. And I'm, I'm so blessed to have had that opportunity. Well, you've done extraordinary work for us, and you know, now you can you can watch the projects over the next two years and not have to worry about any of the problems with them. You can you can ju you can just supervise, right? Yeah, I, I kind of tell people the only way I know how to think of this is like if you had a child who was an athlete and they quit competing, then you go back and you watch the competition, and and you just want everybody to have fun. It doesn't really matter who wins and loses anymore. Uh, it's not emotional anymore. I, a lot of people have been telling me, you're, you know, you got a few more days and you're going to quit caring. And I just have to tell them I'll never quit caring. I, I might not be able to influence a decision, but I'll always care. Well, it's clear that you care. And I, I think when you look at pictures from when you arrived at Ferris, look at pictures from when you began as an AVP at Ferris, and you look at the pictures at Ferris now, this is remarkable work. You've made a real lasting impression. Well, I appreciate you saying that. And, and, you know, a lot of that was facilitated by great leadership in, in your office and from you and your predecessors, folks that embrace things like master planning and facility condition assessments and capital renewal and deferred maintenance funding. Um, without those tools, a lot of these things would have never happened. So I really appreciate all your support over the years. Well, you've been a champion for these pieces and we didn't talk about uh, facility audits or, or those things, but our infrastructure audits or all, all the pieces that maybe people don't see so much, but our university is a much better place and our campus is a much more welcoming place for our faculty and students. So Mike, on behalf of a really grateful university, I wanna thank you for your many years of service to Ferris. Thank you, uh, Dave, and I appreciate you inviting me on your podcast. And 
I'm so pleased you would be our guest today. And uh, I hope that you enjoyed this, this as much as I did chatting with you. I, I wanted to capture some of these insights uh, while they were fresh. So thank you for doing this. Thank you for having me. This is Ferris Forward. And our guest today has been Mike Hughes. And I'm your host, Dave Eisler. I look forward to visiting you again our next program. Thanks so much for being with us today.